0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. Crash Plan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to Crashplan.com slash bossproject for 50% off your first year of Crash Plan. That's CrashPlan.com slash bossproject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with Crash Plan. Today on the podcast, we have Stacey Tushel. She's a high-performance business coach, mentor, best-selling author, speaker, and creator of She's Building Her Empire Podcast and Community. She helps purpose-driven women entrepreneurs and business owners break through their challenges and operate at their highest potential. She is highly passionate, and she loves helping women unapologetically be themselves and create a legacy they're proud of. She's pretty awesome. She is going to talk about her journey of building a business from
1: her parents' backyard to over seven freaking figures today. You're hearing about that journey and how she finally felt like she needed to pour her energy somewhere else and kind of build a personal brand on top of that seven-figure business. So there's a lot you're going to dive in today. We're talking about being a mompreneur, juggling all the things, self-doubt, confidence in your business, and so much more. Dive in, get started, give it a listen. Hello everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us again today. We are here with Stacy
2: Tushel. Welcome. Thanks for being on the show. We're happy to have you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me here today, ladies. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. We are
1: excited to have you because we're talking about some pretty incredible stuff. You have been in business for a while, so you've learned a lot of lessons. I'm sure you've made a ton of mistakes, but you've also made a ton of progress. And I would love for you to kind of give us a little bit of like the quick background version of your very first business and how that kind of led you into this huge entrepreneurial
2: journey years down the road. Yeah, definitely. So, for me, it started right out of high school. I just graduated. I was on the dance team, had been, you know, going to a dance studio, and that was really my passion. So, I thought, okay, while well, I'm going to school, I am going to start a middle school dance team on the side. So, out of nowhere, I just decided to do this. We started practicing in my parents' backyard. It was a free program. Was never going to be a business. I just took my passion, and that first year we had 17 kids. And it was going good. People were loving it. And within three years, I had 100 kids coming to my parents' backyard, still free, still was not planning on turning this into a business. And I was going to school to get my business degree to then eventually get a nine to five job, right? I had no idea what I was going to do, but that was the plan. And it was kind of crunch time. You know, graduation was coming up and I was going, I have no idea what I want to do, but I loved dancing and I loved working with these kids and I actually come from an entrepreneurial family. So my grandfather has a business that is 45 years old. So I think it was something where because I grew up like that, my family just said, hey, you know, maybe you could do this. Maybe this could be your business. And I'm very fortunate that I had somebody in my family help me and support me think I could do that. So I incorporated at age 21 rented a space, you know, called it home. We actually, you know, moved from the backyard or we had a church basement in the winters because I'm from Wisconsin. And then we just, we found a little space that we rented for like $1,500 a month, which back then for me was so scary. Like that was a huge number. That was really, a lot. Yeah. Oh, tons. Right. But yeah. we had a hundred kids. So we immediately started charging $30 a month and we were bringing in 3000. I'm like, all right, let's, let's do this. Let's make this a business. So, It has been a long ride. That story is almost 15 years old already, which is kind of crazy. That's incredible. So,
0: how did you go from, you know, deciding I want to do this to like jumping straight in? Like, I mean, you had obviously built an audience, so to speak, these kids showing up in your backyard where you're a little mini audience. But what were you? Were, you, were there any fears jumping into doing something like that? Or did you just know that it was going to work?
2: Well, I think one of my advantages was I was so young that I think because I was so young, I was so naive and I just thought like, oh, of course this is going to work, right? No big deal. $1,500 for the mortgage. No problem. Not a mortgage. I was renting, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think it was actually in my favor because now, you know, I'm, I'm spending way more amounts of money and I'm going, this is scary. Like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm spending this kind of money in my business or bringing in this kind of money. So it's a different story these days, but yeah, back Back then I think I was just thinking, oh, sure, this this will be easy, and little did I know how much work was going to go into this, and surprises and bills that pop up, and it's not just rent, but there's utilities and there's the phone bill and all of those things that you just don't think about. So, how did
1: after the first time you're in your space and you're okay, you're paying rent, and then all these things start to pop up? you're using, yes, your business degree, but you've been doing it for three years now. So you kind of know what you're doing a little bit. What did business start to look like after being in the studio and having that brick and mortar commitment?
2: Yeah, so that was the scary part because- you know, I wasn't bringing in any money before. It was just fun. And it was just, hey, I have to show up and teach them. And that part I could do. You know, I was great at what my passion was, but I wasn't great at business. You know, I wasn't, my parents didn't raise me thinking, oh, she's going to be an entrepreneur. Let's teach her everything. That's Mm -hmm. not what happened. So I had to figure out a lot of stuff on my own. And, you know, I have a business degree, but it's funny because everything I've learned is just from my experience, you know? And that first year was actually really bad because I started spending so much more than I was making. You know, bringing in all of and that money, I was just blowing it. You know, half of that money went immediately to my rent and then all those other bills. I brought on another teacher. So now I have payroll. It was just, it was kind of scary for me and that end of the year, my first year in business, I ended up getting a postcard in the mail for a live event where it was industry specific. It was, you know, to go and learn. And it was probably saying all this marketing that was just speaking to me, you know, written by this amazing copywriter going, Oh my goodness, I need to go to this event. But that event really changed my life. And it opened up a whole world of personal development. And, you know, honestly, I wouldn't even know what podcasts were if I, if I didn't go to events like that, because that's just how you kind of learn and grow. And before I got, to the event, the speaker said, everybody needs to read the e-myth. So at 21, that was the first book I ever read for fun besides a book in school, (laughs) you know, but it just opened up my eyes to seeing what people were doing. And I really, even though I had this business, I still thought this was going to be kind of a side business. I was still probably going to have to get a nine to five job. But then going to this conference, I actually had this realization of, wow, this could be my career. I could really make real money doing this specifically. So would you start to do differently once that's your mindset? Yeah. Well, I actually started treating it like a business, right? Not mm-hmm. just my passion. It wasn't just a hobby anymore. I kind of had to get serious and really learn what are the basics? What are the foundation here? What do I need to do? And I realized I didn't know what I didn't know, and I had to start reading like crazy. You know, I, I started to become obsessed with business books, and then you know, because back then, I'm talking 15 years ago, we weren't listening to podcasts, so I was right. reading and. Facebook didn't exist like it does today. So it was a different world. To me, back then, it was all about live events and being a part of a mastermind that connected in between. So I was going to live events every six months, meeting up with mastermind members in between. And then all of a sudden, the world started to evolve with Facebook and Facebook groups and podcasts. And now it's just you you can get education anywhere you want for free, which is great. But it can also be overwhelming, too. you've You've lost that live event, that live feel that in-person feel. So it's just been crazy. But the one thing I've been doing is I'm consistent and I'm constantly, you know, trying to become a better person, a better business person. And that has helped my business grow.
0: So I know since then you've opened a bunch of different businesses, but where's the dance studio today?
2: Yeah. So great question. So yes, we're 15 years from the backyard. We're celebrating our 12th year in business this year since we actually officially incorporated and moved into that space. We now have two buildings that we run out of. So we actually are in two different cities. The first building we ended up building back in... 2008. So we were only 3 years since we incorporated where we actually built a 9000 square foot building. Um, yes, and it was during, I mean 2008. So you're talking the economy yes. just completely crashed, Correct. right? Yeah. So the fact that we were able to even get a loan and build a building with a dance studio is pretty incredible. We use 100% of that 9000 square foot building. We don't have another tenant or anybody. We're completely maxed out in that space. We have about 600 students that come every single week we realized okay people were are driving to us from about 30 different cities in our area so we have people driving some people drive almost an hour away just to come to us and then about 4 years ago i decided okay there's potential in this the city right next door to us so i ended up getting another location starting from scratch 4 years ago and That location now has 300 kids already, which is crazy. And we ended up, we didn't build a building this time, but we found a foreclosed building Completely gutted the thing. And now we have this gorgeous building that we own. And that building is 7,200 square feet. We knew that there was room for potential for growth. So there's actually like a phase two that's going to be happening on that building where we can make it bigger for us. So in the meantime, it was kind of cool as I said, now I'm getting more into real estate. I'm understanding all of that. I was able to add a tenant. So we have a nail salon that actually rents from us and part of that. So it's kind of cool because a mom could come to dance class, drop her child off. And get her nails done while she's waiting. That was like a dream. Oh my goodness. I every time I'm like, I need to go do this, but what do I do with my kids? What do I do? Uh-huh. You know, so now they can come there and do stuff like that. So it worked out amazing. And then eventually we'll put on two more tenants and build a bigger space for us on that building as well. So it is just unbelievable. I mean, we're grossing over a million dollars a year, selling dance classes. We have a team of about 40 employees that work for us, wow. a full admin staff, a general manager, other managers under her. So it's crazy. And yeah, people always ask me, so do you still own it? They just assume that I've sold it or it's right. gone or I gave it up. But I feel like I love what I do. I love what we can do for these kids, right? I mean, I still have that passion inside, even though I'm not teaching or in the facility. So I don't see myself giving it up. It's just been such a great thing to, to watch and then to share with my kids and, and to show them you know, what we've been able to accomplish.
0: So at what point did you feel like you had it like buttoned up enough and working well-oiled enough that you were able to step away and start building something else?
2: Yeah. So I was, I think, already for the second location. So I felt like, you know, probably five, six years ago, it was so easy. Let's do this again. You know, like it's working Mm -hmm. so well. Let's multiply it. And, It actually, there was definitely challenges in going forward. We didn't build a building right away because we were nervous. Is this going to go over in the other city? Just because you have one location doesn't mean it's going to work in a different city. So we ended up renting a space like we did the first time. We rented it for three years. I put in like $50,000 into a building that wasn't my own, right? So that's scary, right? So it took us a little bit because it was about a year of construction, so it was a lot to be spending money, but not earning any money in the second location. So it set us back a little bit, but then the second location took off as soon as we opened. And then it, it felt easy again. You know, it's like, okay, we know what we're doing. Everybody's got their place and they know what they're in charge of. So I started a couple years ago to feel like, now what? You know, I love the, I love the challenge and the challenge was gone you know it was it was just a well-oiled machine so that's actually when i decided okay i want to do something else and i came into the online space because i was going okay this will be perfect and one of the things that i've realized is in my in my studios i've always been able to replace my position my job with somebody else but having a personal brand you don't get to do mm-hmm. that right yep. so it's almost a good thing for me because I need to have a place. I can't keep getting bumped out of that business. So yes, I'm I'm still with the delegate, but nobody can jump on an interview for me or jump on a Facebook right. Live. And that keeps me still excited and, and loving this.
1: Well, and I think that's the heart of being a creative entrepreneur, especially like, I love that you've been able to do both where you've built a business that can run itself that you still oversee that you still obviously have your hands on. But it's bringing in a good chunk of cash without you having to show up every day for that. But understanding and recognizing that in order for you to get your creative energy out, you do have to be the face of something and be into something. And I think a lot of, especially our audience feels like that those things can't happen together and that you have to pick one path or the other. Mm -hmm. So I would love for you to talk about like, how do you, you know, go into these two very different businesses needing different type of your energy? Do you dedicate a certain day to dance studio and then to your personal brand? How does that work in your day to day?
2: Yeah, so I would always tell people don't go start another business unless the one is up and running, right? People always like, well, you have two businesses, so here's what I want to do. I'm like, listen, I had the one for a long time before I jumped into the online space. So I would not, 12 years, yeah. (laughs) So I would not encourage anybody to do two businesses at once, get it up and running first. So for me, it doesn't need me. If something were to happen to me right now, that business would continue to grow. I mean, nobody would notice I'm gone, which is so sad, but they wouldn't. Oh. They they literally <laughs> would notice and what's so funny is it's so big. So right now we have like 900 plus students. I don't know everybody anymore. You know, they yeah. don't know me. Like it's just impossible. On Mondays my daughter is 4 and she dances on Mondays in the second location. So when I go in there Only some of the people in the hallway know me, right? So so it is so crazy. I can be sitting there, you know, talking to somebody. They think I'm just a dance mom. They have no idea I own the place. It is so awesome. I know. So some people do and you can tell because they'll be like, Mm -hmm. hi, you know, like they don't know if they should (laughs) say hello to me because I'm not there as like the owner. So it's funny. So it is very different. But the studio isn't like my name on the door and it's not all about me. And I think because we positioned it that way, I don't have to be there every single day and people aren't going, why isn't Stacy teaching the classes? Nobody's expecting me to be the teacher, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's the level of expectation and telling people, you know, here's who, who does this or I mean, even if you are a florist or you have a yoga studio, if you're like, hey, here are our teachers or here's who's in charge of, you know, the billing and here's who's in charge of that. It's like, okay, great. Now I know. know. Right. So it's setting that expectation for people. But yeah, basically right now, I have a leadership meeting the last Monday of every month where I go into the business at noon. We're there for probably two, three, four hours, depending on if anybody else wants to meet with me. And we just chat with all of the managers. We set the expectation for what's happening next month. Everybody gets on the same page. All the main people in the business are there. And then once a week, I speak with the general manager who is really running the show. So if there's any questions or things that pop up, angry customers that I need to step in with, that's what we talk about on our day to talk.
0: That's awesome. awesome.
2: Yeah, thanks.
0: (laughs) Jinx. So as a busy mom, how are you balancing it? Like, are you spending less time working, more time momming? Are you still
2: working full time? How have you kind of figured that out now that you have kids? Yeah. So with my first child, she's four now, but four years ago, this was pre-online business, right? But I opened that second location. So it was not the easiest time. However, I didn't have to be there. So, And actually, I think I... Trying to think, I can't remember back then. No, it was definitely the same time. So for me, I actually took off like a good six months where I wasn't in the building. I was really just working from home. I wanted to really just enjoy being a mom and not have to, you know, be there constantly. But then six months in, I realized I really like working and I missed, you know, going there and doing stuff. So I really started to get back into it. And when baby number two came, oh my goodness! I (laughs) when baby number two came, this was she's. 20 months. Okay. I was launching my book, launching my online business. We just moved into a brand new house. We just built our Mm -hmm. 7,000 square foot building at the same time. I mean, I was going crazy, right? That seems to be like the thing of entrepreneurs, right? (laughs) Yeah, completely. So very different. But I think for me, when I started at first, my daughter didn't go to daycare until she was 18 months old. And I only put her in there once a week. And then I realized, oh my goodness, I can't believe how much I'm getting done. And I loved it. So I signed her up for two days and now they go three days a week. So, you know, I think you have to figure out what's a good fit for your family. I am not Mm -hmm. telling you, you have to put your kids in daycare and I'm Mm -hmm. not judging you if you have them in there five days a week, you know, just Mm -hmm. figure out what works for you and what you want to do. I mean, I feel so guilty sometimes that I don't see them. And then I'm going, but if I had a nine to five job, you know, I probably would be leaving the house at seven and getting home at six. Yeah. So you know it's just it's hit or miss with how I'm feeling, and if I feel good about it that day, you're yeah. kind of guilty. well, I think it changes week by week of like I don't want to see her
1: for like this entire week, and then you just like want to baby veg all all day, yeah, yeah. no, I yeah. get it, yeah, so talk to us about how as the dance studio grew and as you were like, "Okay, what else can I do in life and in creative entrepreneurial aspects in my book and everything?" Did you create those other brands and create these other businesses already ready to scale these things and delegate to other people? Or were you wanting to be kind of like one woman show for a while?
2: Yeah. So that was a big difference because I had at the time, you know, 40 employees. We've we've had 40 for quite a while now. So it's kind of like that's our... That's the range we're probably going to stay around. And these are not all full-time people, lots of part-timers and the sure. evenings and stuff. But coming into this brand new business, I all of a sudden was like, wait a minute, I don't do these little tasks. Why am I? Oh. Why am mm-hmm. I doing this? And I really was. I was having to do all these little $10 an hour jobs. So I very quickly hired an assistant because I had already been you know, doing this for so long that it actually just... And I knew in my head, this is stupid. I shouldn't yeah. be doing these little tasks. So I hired somebody very quickly. I mean, probably within a couple months going, it's just already, you know, building up. I I didn't wait long. I mean, I was diving in. It was almost more like I was researching and experimenting. And and I I went to a live event just to see like, well, what is this space like? And what could I be learning? So I had a lot of research mode, but as soon as I was going, okay, it's time to launch, I immediately Mm -hmm. hired people.
1: Well, I love that because so many people think that they either have to have it all figured out at the beginning. So it's refreshing to hear from someone who's already built a seven-figure business, kind of make those same mistakes. It took you very quickly to course correct, but we all go through that same thing of wearing all the hats and doing the tiny task. But it's really realizing where is your energy best spent and where can you
0: invest money so you can get back time to do other big picture things. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So how do you delegate? How do you figure out? What can you can take off your plate? Like I know those like little
1: small tasks and we've done some stuff here and there, but I also feel like we probably need a lesson in delegating. Yeah, for so sure.
2: share your insight. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple ways to look at it because there's price points, right? Is this something affordable right. to delegate? Because as much as we want to delegate certain things, we can't afford to spend $50 an hour on somebody that does tech, right? Or uh-huh. anything like that. So, you know, money has to come into a factor here. But then another thing is, you know, do I enjoy doing it? Is it something I like to do or is it so annoying and it's, I'm going to procrastinate and I'm going to push it off every week? And you finally just go, somebody else should be doing this, right? So there's a yeah. couple things that I do. But one thing that I always ask myself when I'm doing a task is, you know, while I'm in it, I'm going... Okay, am I a genius? and I'm the only person that can figure this out, or could somebody else be trained and probably do this too? And most of the time, <laughs> it's somebody else could be doing it. I think we. I think that's the hardest thing to answer.
1: Am I just so smart? Like I'm the only one who's really good at doing this? And you're no, no. I'm not. That.
0: <laughs> so that's most my of least favorite thing. That's Abby's thing. Yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> I think we just think that it's just us. That, we, that yeah. this is just too difficult. No one's going to get it. Okay. I'm not that smart. You know, I was in school. I was okay. I mean, I had decent grades. I wasn't a genius, right? (laughs) So there's no reason other people can't start doing it too and figure it out. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I look at it.
0: I like it. It's a good point. It's a hard lesson to learn, especially... I feel like Abby should have that on a post-it note, like on her computer. (laughs) (laughs) Are you the only one who can know how to do this? Well, that's... And that was the hard thing. I just told someone yesterday... I felt like I've been in my business too long being the only person who knows certain things. Mm -hmm. And even though we've done a really good job of trying to write down our processes and write down, you know, the login info for this one particular thing, I am shocked how much info is still in my brain that I have yet Mm -hmm. to like, write down somewhere, explain to someone, Like, if I were to die, which Emily talks about how I would die all the time. It's actually one of her fear problems. (laughs) But if (laughs) If I were to die, die, like, what would happen to this business? Our business would fall apart, unlike your dance studio. So thinking about those steps and, like... If you bring someone in, how can you
2: train them up to be just as awesome as you are at your job? Well, sometimes it's bringing them in and saying, "Your job is to create these systems. It's to figure it out, create no, videos." We just did with someone, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean thank you for reiterating. Yeah, yeah, completely. So it's I think we always think, well, I'm not ready to hire somebody because I have to create those systems. No, you should hire somebody so they can help you create those systems, right? So we just actually brought on somebody who's gonna be doing our social media 40 hours a week, which sounds crazy, right? But I'm excited because I'm going. I don't even know what we're going to fill her time with. She's going to help me decide what she's going to do all day long. So she's been creating templates, and you know we use Trello. So she's creating cards in there of her daily tasks, creating things that I didn't even know existed. Where I'm going, this sounds pretty good. I'm pretty excited That's to see that. Awesome. Yes, I love that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so refreshing to have someone else just reiterate all yeah. these things <laughs> I've been thinking. <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about. That self doubt, though. Like, I think a lot of people tend to doubt themselves and end up slowing down their own growth. Mm -hmm. Or, do you have some tips for how people can get themselves in check so that's
2: less of a problem? Yeah. So, first, everybody has self doubt. I have some amazing peers in my mastermind group that are just. They're doing some phenomenal things and I get to hear them break down and go, do you really think I can charge this? Do you really think I'm good Um, enough? Like, am I really able to, you know, to do this? So I think everybody has that. And it's so funny because, I mean, there are so many things that I have. And I think every time you hit a new level, the self-doubt comes back. So it's not like mm -hmm. you've gotten to this level of success and you're good. You keep trying to break through that. So every time you break through it, you're redoubting yourself, Right. Mm -hmm. So there's just so many, so much that you have to understand, but the big thing is understand it's not going away. You have to be okay with just going, I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to put myself out there. I know. I I think that really hit us,
1: especially me, really hard this year. We had hit a lot of our goals last year. We had done amazing stuff. And I thought, okay, we're going to go into 2017. Like, okay, like we got this. We've like accomplished things. We're good. Let's just keep it going. But you realize you want more than that. And you want your business to do different things and you want your life to look differently. And so you have to untap this whole next level. And so there have been many of days this year where we're like, what are we doing? (laughs) I don't know anything in this entire landscape anymore. And it's not that I don't know it anymore. I just don't know it yet. And because we just haven't gotten to that new part yet. So help me. (laughs) What
2: can I say? And what can I do? And how can I really break through that faster? So I would say it's a big thing about surrounding yourself with people around you that are doing these crazy things, right? So I mean, I have friends that have multiple six-figure launches, million dollar launches, like crazy numbers where you're going, that's unbelievable. So when I hear mm-hmm. about my friend's $300,000 launch, my $100,000 launch doesn't seem that unrealistic, mm-hmm. right? Right. So I think you have to up level who you're talking to because as soon as people start talking about these numbers and it just, it feels normal, right? It feels completely normal. And it's like, oh, okay, well, she did it. So no problem. I should be able to do it too. So I, yeah. I think that's part of it. Finding that support system, whether it's in a Facebook group or, you know, a friend that's local or online that is also an entrepreneur, but at the same time, Don't find somebody who's brand new that's going to be going, I can't do this because that's not going to help you and your mindset. So I think a big thing is, you know, it's the people, it's like the books, the courses, the podcasts, the stuff that you're putting into your mind, working on your mindset. I do a lot of like mindset or meditation, anything like that I can find online on YouTube that has really helped me too. So it's just, it's working through all of that and then surrounding yourself with just phenomenal people.
0: What are your favorite podcasts to like pump you up?
2: So, you know, I go back and forth. And sometimes I feel like I'm one of those people where I'll listen to one because somebody recommends it and I'll binge listen to a bunch and then I'll kind of take a break. Yeah. And then somebody's like, oh, That's you've got to listen to that one. And I feel like I jump back in. So, you know, I don't know. I feel like I go back and forth. I'm trying to even like think of one right now. The most, com- the most recent one I just listened to is an Amy Porterfield one because somebody said, You got it. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't even about the content. It was like the way she structured this with her freebie, go check it out. You would love this. And then it's like, sometimes I'm listening for content. Sometimes I'm listening for strategy and I'm, I'm a big observer. So because I'm a podcaster, right? I want to go, how are they doing this? How are they structuring it? What does their intro look like? Are there ads? Are there sponsors? So I'm kind of, I just kind of hop around all over the place.
1: I like it. I have to listen to non-business podcasts yeah. in order like that's my free time. I don't really get time yeah. to read books anymore. And so I listen to like true crime and murdery podcasts because oh, it's really? like a totally different atmosphere yeah. than what I'm in every day. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I'm just like I'm teaching all day, like I can't learn anything right now. Yeah. We took a I at least took a big break from podcasting, but then we realized a couple of weeks ago that we hadn't really spent time and money learning in our business. Mm-hmm. And so we invested in a couple of programs and that has been awesome. Like yeah. binging on those and binging on lessons. So I think for our audience, like really ask yourself what piece is missing. Like if you're still searching for a podcast to try to listen to, you know, because I know you're binging on this one and like you're <laughs> done listening you at the end of today. But if you're needing something else, like give podcasting a break for a second. Yeah. And like, is it something you need to invest in, in your business? Is it, you know, one specific strategy you need to learn and and then go have fun, like implementing that. I think that that's really where energy gets dispersed well yeah, or how it does. Definitely.
0: So I know this is completely changing subjects, but I'm <laughs> queen of changing subjects and not having a good sideline. So I'm just going to go for it. I know you've written a book and that's incredible. So A, I want to give you some props because well done. A lot of us say, I want to write a book someday. And then we just never get around to doing it but you actually wrote a book and it's called, is your business worth saving? And I'm curious, like yeah. now I'm wondering like, who are you talking to? Yeah. Is my business worth, not me. Yeah. I know my business is awesome, yeah. but it, are people <laughs> are having some doubts. Like what do they need to be talking to themselves
2: about? Yeah. And
0: like doing that self-evaluation.
2: Yeah. So it's funny because obviously people are going, that's such a weird title. However, When we launched the book, we had 13,000 people go get it, I think in 24 or 48 hours. So just to show you how many people resonate with that title, it's crazy. And there's days where I resonate, where I'm like, what am I doing? why am yeah. i even bothering like what like this is just so hard today like i just don't even know if i even care anymore right like we have those yeah. moments and it's it's for that person it's for the person who's going do i keep doing this but then it's for the person who says yes to that answer i'm going to say to you okay here's what you need to do here's what you need to focus on we have a huge quiz in there that we do and it basically helps find your weaknesses and then say Here's this chapter on that section. You need to dive in deep to hear because you have to be really well balanced in business. And if you're not, you're gonna pull it right down with you. So you've got to be very, very careful. That's really helpful. Well, we're gonna have to check. We'll put a link to that book in the show notes, guys, so you
1: can make sure that you get your hands on that. I think I think the title kind of scared me a little bit because it was like, to me, is the business failing and then you have to put more money or time into it to save it. But I kind of think of it as like, is the energy that you're spending there? Is it what you want to be doing? And yeah. is it should you shift somewhere separate? So I yeah, like that. and
2: that's actually chapter one because some people the answer is no, and it's like if your answer is no, just stop reading this book. There's just no reason for you <laughs> to keep going, right? If you're not passionate about it and you don't love what you're doing, and you got into it, thought this would be profitable, this going to be right. a huge money maker, and it's not, and now you don't like it. There's just no reason, right? So yeah, I think that's the
0: number one reason people should stop doing business 100%. period is when they think, Oh, I, I want to do this to make money. Girlfriend, if you think running a business is the number one money maker, you, you need <laughs> some lessons and how hard this really is. And it, a lot of people are super profitable, but you have to realize how much time, energy, thought, effort, support went into making that possible. Yeah, definitely. Well,
1: just with your own business. I mean, here we are 12, 15 years later, and I'm not sure where you hit that seven figure mark, but it didn't happen in year one. Right. I know that for sure. And there are so many people in Facebook groups and just online communities of, I started my online business last month and I haven't had a six-figure launch yet. And so it is refreshing to hear from someone who's been doing this for a while yeah. that that stuff doesn't happen overnight.
2: No. And you know, I, I always tell people that because now in this online business, I think people look at me because I've only been doing this and launched my first thing a year ago on Black Friday. So not very long. My face, right. like my podcast just started last January. It's been very new, but people are looking at my success and going, oh my goodness, well, she's doing it so quickly but my story didn't start a year ago. It started 15 years ago. And all of that expertise is now being packaged in my products and programs. So you've got to be very, very careful to understand that. Don't compare yourself to me. Like we're not apples to apples, just like I can't compare myself to Amy Porterfield. Like we're not in the same situation right now. So you've got to be very, very careful when you're looking at somebody and going, well, if she's doing this, then I'm going to do this. But what, mm-hmm. you know, what's that backstory? How much are they working? Are you putting in an hour a day and they're putting in eight hours a day? It looks That's very different.
1: The yeah. biggest piece where we get a lot of people comparing their story to our story and they didn't realize that we were able to build a foundation of what we've got before we had kids mm-hmm. and with supportive spouses, yeah. with our full-time energy working on this thing. And we went at it like, bananas for a year and a half before we kind of like took a breath of fresh air. And a lot of people don't have that time and energy to put into it for the first year and a half. And that's fine, but it's going to take that
2: foundation a little bit longer to build. I mean, and kids, I was an entrepreneur for 10 years before I had kids. That's a huge advantage, a huge advantage, right? And if you're starting a business with young kids, oh my goodness, I give you all the credit in the world because that is so tough.
1: Uh-uh. Uh yeah. uh, uh-uh. I have a three-month-old yeah. and holy bananas. <laughs> this is like a slap in the face of 2017. Like, oh, you think you can get work done? Yeah. That's funny. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> funny. You're funny. <laughs> That's when that self-doubt kicks in for me yeah. because I'm, you know, it's not even just that mom guilt, but it's that like, holy crap, she's made me realize like, what little windows I have to be productive. And either if I can get it done, great. I feel like I'm on cloud nine, but then I'm so exhausted. And I might've just been working for like just two hours, but I was like super hyper-focused that after that I'm like, I need to Mm -hmm. binge on the couch for a second. And so it's, it starts to, you know, get me thinking like, can I keep doing this at this pace? Is this something that's meant for me? But I think it's just a lot of redirection on where our focus is and who we're bringing on on our team. And that's actually what led us to bring on our newest team member that is helping create the systems. That is someone who's looking at the bigger picture with us because we needed that. Yeah, for sure.
0: You seem so calm and collected, Stacey, for someone with two young kids. I don't even have kids. I just have two dogs. I have two dogs, and they keep me busy, I swear. They they need to go potty, and they need to go to bed, and they need bed. I'm just kidding. It's really not that hard. Being a dog mom is pretty great, but I still have a lot of time, but now witnessing what these – mompreneurs are going through. I'm like... (sighs) I think I'm going to wait a minute Um, (laughs) slash I'm not sure our business is ready for baby number two yet. So (laughs) So, (laughs) talk to us about what's next
1: for the dance studio for your personal brand. Do you have a book coming out? Do you have anything
2: new, exciting coming out? Yeah. So I think for the dance studio, definitely not a location. Number three, people always ask (laughs) me that. They just assume, no, we really feel good with the two it was just we've always looked at the second city saying i think there's potential there we never had a third yeah. city in mind it just feels good and it's such a well-oiled machine i would hate to throw that off cuz like i said you just never know what would happen yeah. in another location the personal brand is really where i'm able to put a lot of my focus and attention and to be that creative you know that person that wants to keep changing and, and and doing new things and having that vision and it's funny because it's kind of like my 2017 is more of a less is more type of year you know i came out with my podcast three episodes a week and I slowed it down to two and I'm going, okay guys, don't kill me, but I think I'm only going to do one a week, Mm -hmm. but I'm able to make it even better. Right. I'm able to put more into it. So I think you're going to see a lot like I don't want to say a lot less, but you're going to see you're going to see less, but it's going to be so much more powerful and so much more able to get stuff done in your business. I'm very technical, so I like to put so much into my Facebook lives and I don't want to be rushed. So I'm really trying to I always say like my mission is to continue to learn and grow and share that with everyone so that they have the opportunity to create that business without affecting my, you know, desired lifestyle too, because I can't jump on every single day on Facebook live while my kids are in the background and I'll be miserable, right? It's just kind of that fine line, that balance of what can I do. But for me, it's just being able to, I love that I I picked female entrepreneurs to work with specifically. I love that I'm able to go, here's what I want to do. Here's the price point. If you're interested, let me know. If you're not, it doesn't matter to me. Like I'm good, you know? And I think the fact that I was able to build this business. You know, it's a very different story than it was when I started the first one and I needed that money. Now it's going, no, this feels really good. And I only pick like the things that feel right to me. And that's pretty incredible. But you don't get there overnight. You know, it's a lot of hard yes. work that has come that way. Yes.
1: I love that. I love that. Yeah. I feel like we're in a very similar season of us feeling the same way where we were putting out so much content and we had to ask ourselves, like, is this adding value? Or are they really taking in this much stuff every single day and we realized that they weren't and it was costing us money to put that content out because we were hiring people to do it and costing us just like energy of like sorting out all the content and picking new new themes and new blog posts and all of that good stuff and so it's it's interesting that I do feel like a lot of especially online Entrepreneurs right now are handpicking what they're putting out there more specifically than they were even a couple of years ago. It was, you know, blog posts five days a week, Pinterest content at the wazoo, interest Instagram content at the wazoo, and even Instagram with it changing recently. A lot of people are being more strategic about that and just looking at these platforms in a different way. So I think that is the season of 2017 for a lot of people of you don't have to be in all the places, but be where you're going to be very well yes, and do it intentionally. And I think that's a good lesson, no matter what yeah. area of business or, or stage of business that yeah. you're at.
2: Yeah, and I'm just trying to get smarter and more strategic. So my podcast, yeah. I'm actually going to be jumping on Facebook Live and I'm going to have the same day and time every single week and then I'm going to record that audio and put it on the podcast immediately. So awesome. I don't have to be, you know, on Facebook Live and on the podcast and then put it over here. It's like I'm doing all this work, I can repurpose it. So it's going to be a lot of, you know, just pick your platform that you want to see me on. I'll be there, but it might be taken from a different platform. You know what I mean? Sure. No, that's a great idea.
1: I love that. Well, I think we can head into our talk strategy to me segment. And I would love for you to, to touch more on some mindset stuff. What are what are some actionable activities or mantras or meditations or whatever you recommend to people who are feeling that kind of overwhelmed and need some, some more boost in that they're doing okay
2: and, yeah. and your focus is all right. I would say I would love for you to go on YouTube and just Google, you know, money mindset or whatever kind of mindset issues you're having and specifically money mindset meditation. That actually really helped mm-hmm. me because you'll hear some things and they'll ask you questions and you're, you're trying to like just go through everything and go, why can't I charge this? Why can't yeah. I, you know, have that pricing? So I think that would be a really great thing for you to do. Another thing is I would ask you to write down those five people that you feel like you spend more time with them than anybody. And it might be an employee. It might be your mom. It might be a sister. I don't care who it is, but who do you talk to? Like if I was to go on your phone or Facebook messenger, who am I going to constantly see pop up? And you need to decide, how do I up level those people? Because that's the only way you're going to truly go to that next level without holding yourself back. So those are two big, big things that I would love to see you do.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for that. And thanks for all your action steps today and tips. I would love for you to tell people where they can find you online and what you have going on right now.
2: Yeah. So my brand is She's Building Her Empire. You can find the Facebook group, the podcast, just search for that name. Thank you so much, Stacey. Yeah. Thank you so much, ladies. Looking to
0: elevate your brand without the headache? Join The Co-op, our creative template shop membership